I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to Wood Talk, turning woodworkers into knitters since 2007. Here are your hosts, Mark, Shannon, and Matt. All right, it's show number 520. On today's show, we're talking about attaching face frames to cases, getting a good deal on lumber, and insurance. But before we get to that, I want to let you know that Wood Talk is brought to you by Rockler. Rockler has been helping customers create with confidence for over 65 years. Rockler is giving away, get this guys, $250. It's a $250 gift card to one lucky Wood Talk listener. You can enter for your chance to win wow. before April 30th at rockler.com slash woodtalk. That's like cash money. That's like a real, like, wow. <laughs> what would you do if you went into a Rockler store today and you could just uh, grab a cart and just knock crap off the shelf like you're on a supermarket sweep? <laughs> just run it down, down the aisle. Arms stuck out. <laughs> just sweeping the, oh, sweeping the shelves clear. 250 bucks. Just don't please, go to the power tools. Please, just, Rockler, reach out and allow us to make a supermarket sweep parody in one of your stores. <laughs> that would be the greatest video. You want to? You want ever. me to get to the Denver store? That would do it. I would love to <laughs> yeah, do right. that. So yeah, two hundred and fifty dollars, guys. This is a uh, a great opportunity for somebody head over <laughs> to rockler.com slash woodtalk and don't knock stuff off their shelves. I'm somebody just thinking like back up. I'm running to the to the back to get the zebra wood. Yeah, <laughs> knock all the most expensive lumber off the shelf. You know, like that's like the lumber department's like the meat department. Like everyone runs for the meat department and grabs the hams first. You <laughs> oh my god! Now I want to go watch Supermarket Sweep. Let's just pull off the show and watch Supermarket right. Sweep. Sounds about right for us. That's Let's awesome. Uh, I could just see I could see Matt like causing some sort of domino effect in the back of the store and every board like tumbling yeah. over and. Knocking things off shelves, yeah. and, like, and some guy named Jim he would in not the corner be with back. his Rockler apron is like, "You son of a!" <laughs> he's got he's to stack See, it back up. I gotta clean this up after this. These freaking influencers <laughs> coming to my store, that is- getting their Instagram photos and leaving. That's how you get your picture by the cash <laughs> register. Right. Do not accept checks or allow this person yeah. in the door. Oh, boy. <laughs> What, what more interesting is, I wondered, like, on the Rockler planning table, like, okay, what product do we give away this week? Oh, I don't know. 
Just give him money. Okay, that's well, fine. I think we've arrived at that point in the relationship like you do with any family member that eventually you just, there's nothing you can buy for them. <laughs> just give them a gift card. So you just give them a gift card. <laughs> You're just phoning it in at this point. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. Well, uh, we don't have any patrons, right? So why don't you tell folks about Patreon? Actually, we may, but I was, I didn't get a chance to get in there and pull the names. So that's my fault, but Matt, you, you could do your spiel anyway. Okay, well, you know what? If you want to help support the show, you can do so. You can get to our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash woodtalk and sign up to become a patron of the show. After you sign up, if Mark actually picks your name out of the list, I will uh, I will say your name and try to pronounce it. That's how yeah. that works. That's and thank you. Fun. Actually, you know what? Thank you to all of our patrons who have been with us for every cycle of quitting and have come back. <laughs> all the various iterations of not doing the show. <laughs> I find it really funny because I, I get emails occasionally um, from people who like just came to the show. Um, a lot of times you get emails from people who say, I just finished the mm -hmm. show. And, you know, I, I usually feel like sending them in a, like a I'm sorry card or something. <laughs> but the the number of quits and starts and when you listen to it like one right after another, like especially like you're in the car and it just auto plays and goes to the next episode. <laughs> it's like we quit and then it just goes and, We're back. and people are like, <laughs> it's like, it's really funny because you quit like five times this week. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's like a year passes, but only one episode <laughs> like progresses. Right. Right. It was in the course of a commute. We quit, came back and quit yeah. again. <laughs> We're a very Wonderful. confusing show. There, there are still people that I hear from who, uh, say things like, I didn't know you guys were back. Like I took your advice and I yeah. actually did unsubscribe. Um, and I'm like, well, good news. <laughs> good news. You got, you got a couple of <laughs> years of shows to catch up uh, with. So actually I got a guy who, and I'm, he might've uh, written you, Matt, but um, he said the, something similar. I didn't know you guys were back and I was so excited and I started listening and he said, I kid you not. It took me like 20 episodes before I realized that that Matt was not the oh, same no. Matt. <laughs> it's like i thought something was different but it was matt like it's got to be the same guy yeah. of course it is well, he's got the same it was the new matt so of course yeah uh, that's great and he's a woodworker i mean how many woodworking mats can there be come on right. a lot <laughs> well welcome to the show anybody who's listening and if you uh made it from the beginning wow <laughs> that's awesome get a yeah, life what are you doing get a life. Jeez. find something else to do <laughs> nah seriously though we, we always appreciate that archive is there for a reason and uh we, we've changed a lot the show has evolved a lot a lot of changes uh even with the hosts and things like that but we're, we're glad to be here doing it with the, the support of our friends at rockler always good <laughs> by the way we have another year so if anyone was worried about us not getting uh you know signed back with rockler i, I didn't scare them away so there's, we, haven't, there's we haven't found that line yet well, you know, yeah. I'm not, I don't want to talk Still too much about it. the miter gauge review, but on the same day that we were to like sign the contract <laughs> for wood talk, right. my miter gauge review came out and, um, that I'm going to, I'm going to say I was a little bit nervous <laughs> about what was going to happen. <laughs> uh, but look, Rockler is a stand up company. Uh, they don't, they don't, they're not afraid of people. They don't hold grudges. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Something they don't like hold that. crutches. They're very forgiving. I mean, they gave us a $250 gift card, so they love us. So there's that anyway. But yeah, we are back for a whole nother year uh, with with Rockler. So you guys will have to put up with us for a little bit longer, at least another year. Thank you, Rockler. I always appreciate it. Thanks, Uncle Rockler. Yes. All right. So you guys want to get to what's on the bench? Um, I'll make mine pretty quick. Um, doing a little craft cart. Uh, have you guys ever seen craft carts? They're usually pretty crappy, um, like made with just thin, hollow 
tube steel, I guess, or, or I don't know, just garbage materials. They become very top heavy and they're on crappy casters. Um, so Nicole has been kind of fed up with this and said, hey, can you build something decent so I can put these little bins in there, keep all the kids craft stuff in one place. So a uh, simple casework project, really nothing uh, too crazy. But um, besides admitted, it's for more <coughs> filament, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, room for more filament. It's a it's a filament. Yeah, it will That's be eventually. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, there's that. And of course, still swapping tools, bringing new ones in, selling old ones, which is kind of seems to be my new hobby at this point, but I yeah, enjoy it. You need one of those. I do. I don't have enough hobbies. Uh, so yeah, that's all. Uh, what do you got going on, man? How many cast iron pans do you have right well, now, by the way? <laughs> quite a few. I mean, more than more. It, this is a lot like woodworking. I have more than my skill dictates I should have. You have skill? Mm, Does that make yeah. sense? What skill? Uh, apparently, <clears throat> a skill of purchasing tools and cast iron pans. <laughs> oh, you're good at that. You're good at buying stuff. <laughs> good at buying things. You're good at buying stuff. It's good. You got to be good at something. You write a good check. Uh, yeah, I, I probably, I mean, I have one of every size that I, I would need for, you know, normal cooking applications and then some duplicates. Um, because I did kind of get into the whole vintage cast iron thing, which is a racket. <laughs> like these cast iron pans are not worth as much as they're selling for. Um, it's, you know, it's just stuff that's probably in everybody's closet somewhere uh, as an old relative passes away or something. You might kind of like go, jack planes a lot like that. Yeah. Oh. Like it, it, the price does not warrant the level of scarcity for these things, but my goodness, uh, can you spend a lot of money on a, on a pan? I mean, and there's also like, but, a lot but of, this pan flipped white herbs, flapjacks. It could have, you never know. It also may have uh, flipped some lead. So there's always that, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> but the, uh, the crazy thing is you get to a certain point and there's a lot of parallels to woodworking, uh, in the sense where you spend so much on this vintage pan, but you could have spent $25 less and had a brand new one from a boutique maker that makes incredibly good, uh, brand new skillets, but you know, you, do you want the one with the history or do you want the brand new one? Um, so yeah, a lot like, uh, woodworking tools. I just, I gotta say though, and I love the fact that there is a boutique cast iron skillet market. I oh, think that's yeah. lovely. Yeah. That's and wonderful. there's quite a few companies now too. Some of them awesome. did like uh kickstarters when they first started, uh, like uh, companies like field and stargazer and all kinds of stuff. It's pretty cool. Sweet. I'm going to start buying vintage 1970s racing bikes what i'm gonna do <laughs> is that as fun though i mean they're, they're heavy like, i don't know like they're, they're, they're about as heavy space. as a cast iron pan so it might be <laughs> well you do what, well they and you can do it's, what it's the, also not go ahead sorry it's also not as fun when the vintage like you remember it because you used to own one when you <laughs> raced before yeah. it's like well crap <laughs> yeah it means i'm vintage i gotta go more vintage well you just do what the the cast iron people do like if you can't use it you just hang it on the wall just hang it on the wall. So you got a bike in your living room. I think Heather would probably paint, love paint that. pastoral scenes in it like a saw and <laughs> yeah. hang it on the wall. Oh, <laughs> yes. Please do that. Uh, that'd be great. All right, Matt, what do you girl, got girl, going Bob on? Bob Ross Afro. <laughs> we are uh, we're getting back into our home renovation thing. Um, yeah. We have finalized the design for the kitchen, which is super exciting. It's it's kind of weird to be finally in the stage. You're like, OK, this is actually happening. This is what it's going to be like. And now Matt needs to make all this stuff. So, um, no yeah, I'm slab gonna... kitchen countertops though. Huh? You're going with, oh, with yeah, stone. Well, stone slab. Well, I know, but I just, I just assumed, I mean, you have a slab wooden slab outfeed table. You would have 
you know, a wooden kitchen <laughs> countertop that's that's so hot. I right mean, now. I might, but it's not really my kitchen per se. It's our kitchen. Oh, in other words, I think you made the right move though. Your kitchen. I mean, <laughs> oh, I agree. Context. I, I get the wood. You know, I don't want. Butcher... I don't. I don't want a wood countertop. Yeah, I, I mean, I know enough all. about wood to know that I don't want it on my kitchen counters. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's exactly. That's exactly how I feel. Well, like, yes, no. <laughs> that's what a cutting board no, is for. No, Thank you very much. All. I say the same thing, but it doesn't keep us from selling wood to kitchen countertop makers all week long. It's so incredibly <laughs> right. popular hey, right now. Sell as much as you can, but right. keep it up. Come back house. and buy another one. Hey, so you put uh, three different versions of the countertops, one, two, and three. Did you guys did. pick one? Yeah. Well, we had already picked one. I mean, I, I just put it out there for the internet to feel like. You're just getting clicks. <laughs> they have some voice. You're making people feel valued even though they're not. Well, those are the ones we were like, actually looking at and considering so we uh we first came in looking at number two which was um kind of like a marble looking stone mm -hmm. where it had uh, like a white back or white undertone and then like the black veins that's that was kind of our like oh let's let's do that something like that and then i liked number three which was almost like a wood grain but it had the layers the sediment layers in it yeah which i thought was like really cool that's a cool piece of stone is like in a few of the layers, you can actually see the like the pebble deposits that were there whenever that stone was forming. Mm -hmm. So they're actually sawn through, and you can see these little pebbles in that in a band hmm. that runs through it. That's cool. I don't know if and you guys that, can hear that, but my daughter is losing her oh, SHIT. I, in the I thought it was so my daughter. I wasn't if anybody sure, can hear that, it was one of your kids. I don't know if it was <laughs> no a Cremona or a Spagnolo, but one I of was, them. I was trying to talk more so that I would drown out the sound of screaming because I thought yeah. it was here. My guess is <laughs> iPad time is up. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know how that goes. Oh boy. Okay. Wow. Anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt. Sorry. So you, so didn't, you, didn't, interrupt. you didn't I picked number one. I like number one. That I is go, where we ended up at because as we were walking around, we we're like, you know what? This is actually a really cool thing. And as we And this is the, the one honestly, the hardest part of doing the stone shopping is you're looking at this giant slab. Yeah. And you're like, I don't know what it's gonna look like, first of all, in a kitchen under different lighting. And second of all, you know, actually cut up, cut up into, into right, yeah. countertops and things. Yeah. Cause the slabs are six by 10, Jeez. which is, it's a big canvas, but you're like, okay, well the biggest thing is going to be the Island. So now we're like, okay, what, like that's going to be our, it's basically four by eight. Mm, so okay. like, okay, what's going to look really cool on top of the Island. And then we're also look, thinking about, um, the cabins are going to be painted. So the, if we went with a very drab and simple countertop, everything would just kind of blend together. Right. I kind of get that feeling. So now we're like, let's, let's do something with a little more visual interest because the countertops it, with that kitchen design and layout, the countertops are going to be the focal point right. of the whole kitchen. So we're looking at probably number one, a little more Yay! bold, which was the That's correct answer. Yeah. I know. I saw them. I'm like, oh, guess we got the right one. And then Mark I picked the Shrek uh, three, my lord, um, <laughs> gift to go with that. Because so. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything that said one. Well, if, anyway. if, if Bodie McBoatface has taught us anything, you should leave important decisions up to the internet to make. So Absolutely. Definitely. Oh, yeah. 100%. So hold on. Paint? You're going to get so much crap for that. <laughs> yeah. and I'm gonna I already did. I think tell people you that from experience. That wood. <laughs> I'm going to paint some pretty nice looking wood, I think. Nice. Good, 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 good. Good. It's important. Make sure I, I really look forward to it. Gotta well, what's interesting with it too is like when I thought about like my own like personal preference on a kitchen, like I kind of I really wanted a wood kitchen. But the more I've gone down this road of looking at designs and things, I'm like I don't want a wood kitchen at all. No, it's it's very weird. I've had this really interesting like 
preference swap or switch or something. Yeah, but I think like we said about the countertops, I think the more you work in a medium, the more you learn about it, you you just may get to a point where certain things, it's okay to not have that made out of wood. Not everything has to be. <laughs> I, I think most, so you guys interior, are going with a little bit. most interior designers are like what Matt was saying earlier about the focal point. They recognize that there's so much square footage dedicated to cabinet front that it's got to be like neutral, you know, and if, and if it's wood and interesting, it overpowers the entire design. It makes a huge like visual statement yeah. to, to have it all. Yeah. I mean, it can be beautiful too. I mean, I, I like my kitchen with all the wood, but it, you know, it's not for everybody. So what you guys are going for like a fairly light color scheme, gray, uh, overall, uh, for the, uh, the cabinets will pick a, like an off white undertone out of the slab. Okay. And then we're going to have a blue tint backslash tile. Ooh. Kind of thing. Again, pulling one of the hues out of the stone. Sure. That's all. Awesome. It's been, it's been interesting working with our architect and designer. Cause it's like, I don't really, I never really thought about a whole lot of this stuff, but like, yeah, here's your, you just pick your slab and then whatever you want. We'll base the whole kitchen off that. No, that's why. Okay, that's that cool. works. That's really cool. See, that's much better than the system I use, where I just go to the swatches at Home Depot and pick a color <laughs> I like, then put it on the wall and go, "Man, that's yellow. Why is that so yellow?" It's like, well, well it's because it's yellow. <laughs> it's interesting too, like put, putting those stones out on the internet. I think most people go the other way. They're like they pick a a cabinet color and like a backsplash color, and then they pick a stone to match. Uh, like we're going the other way. Yeah, I'm like it seems like difficult because like this again the stone is like first of all it's not cheap at all so you're like i gotta actually like this piece of stone and if it's, i'm gonna spend that much money on stone i might as well make it something like pretty damn cool yeah so like let's start with that and then the cabinets can be whatever based off of that stone Very i'm nice. excited i can't wait to find out what range you guys are gonna buy i already so, bought it oh you you okay let's save that it's, for another show eight though. months of lead time on those things <laughs> oh God, like wow. power tools Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Try to get a bandsaw. In December. It's not coming until like August. Okay. Well, you got time then. You got, got some work to do anyway. Well, our windows are finally going to show up next month. Finally. We ordered those in October. Mm. You guys picked a good time to build. I can tell you that much. Yeah. <laughs> Real good time. It's working out okay. <laughs> I don't know. You got time to do editing. So there's that. There's a lot of that too. But yeah. I'll be uh Learning how to make cabinets, which I like, I, I put a post about that too. I'm like, um, I've never made cabinets before. I'm kind of, I'm a little apprehensive about it. Cause I'm like, mm. I don't really know. I'm sure I could figure it out, but like, I literally have never done it and haven't paid enough that much attention to people making cabinets. Cause I've never been interested in it either. Yeah. And people are like, what are you talking about? You know how to make wood stuff. I'm like, yeah, I know how to make things out of solid wood. I'm really good at that. Yeah. But like how often do I work with plywood? Well, you're like, going to be pretty good at it by the time you're done. Yeah. Right. I should be. I should be. <laughs> You'll get practice. <laughs> that's awesome man well i look forward to seeing it all come together it is quite an adventure uh, yeah <laughs> shannon let's hear about your life you know uh because my life is boring but uh, <laughs> matt brought up those like uh gigantic stone slabs <clears throat> i um i've got a customer right now that is uh we're in installing a wide plank floor in their house it is a twelve thousand square foot house Whoa. on the on the Pacific Ocean, <clears throat> it's like a Tony Stark kind of house, but they're putting those stone slabs like full size, not cutting them down, like eight by 15 foot or 10 by 15 foot slabs. They're putting them on the ceiling. Whoa. And um, <laughs> I, I obviously it's way out in California. I haven't been to it yet, but um, 
one of my reps went out there to take a couple pictures and he's like, it is the most freaking intimidating thing in the world. You walk down this hallway and there's like this massive stone slab spanning the entire length of the hallway, a single stone slab. And he's like, I, I was watching them like put it up and it's literally just some glue and a couple bolts. <laughs> it's just like, wow. and I mean, you, you know that somewhere, some engineer, some architect has done all the studies and, you know, has, has somebody signed off it. Some insurance underwriter signed off on it. So it should be perfectly safe. But at the same time, it's like, oh, my God. And, and then, like, you can fly stuff in on a crane, which doesn't help when you've got to get it into an interior corridor. Like, yeah. if it's going on the ceiling, you can't fly it in because there's a ceiling in the way. Yeah. <laughs> so they've, like, had to invent, like, whole ways to go and, like, jack up this stone slab and, like, transport it in. It's just crazy. Just This is just one of those projects where truly money's no object. So, anyway. That's fun. As nothing to do with anything other than the fact that when you brought up those stone slabs, it made me think of that. I, I really hope I get to go out and see this. That, that sounds intense. <laughs> like, yeah, like, right. From the installer I mean, perspective, see, like I don't. Right. Like I, I think I would have just put the stone in place and then built the whole house around it. <laughs> it feels like it'd be easier to just like <laughs> like drill into a mountain, right? Yeah, you or know? that that would work too. <laughs> bore a hole into solid rock, and there's your hallway, rather than build a cavern around it. Because apparently that's the look it's going for, like this grotto type look. Oh, as you descend down this hallway, um, that'd be so interesting. That's cool. We're that's, gonna build a mountain. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of work, but it sounds very interesting. Matt, you need a grotto. I mean, I do now. Yeah. Now, if, now that I know it exists like that, that's an option. <laughs> now that I know it's an option to put stone in your ceiling. Yeah, there you go. One piece, oh, apparently. Boy. Oh, boy. I'm Crazy. so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Anyway, so you guys remember I booked, uh, at one point it was 29 <laughs> Woodworking Guild presentations. Oh, yeah. I do remember um, that, yes. The, the final total, because I just finished the last one that's on the calendar, the final total was 36. <laughs> and Jeez, man, I, I gotta say, it was a heck of a lot more fun than I thought it was gonna be. Like That's when good. I first started out, I was like, okay, you know, I'm gonna have like three or four different presentations and I'll end up reusing them based upon kind of what the group is interested in. I ended up developing a total of eight um, unique oh, wow. presentations and then kind of shuffle them around. <clears throat> but I had a blast. It was really fun. That's great. You know, the, the whole Zoom thing kind of opens things up and it can go really badly. Like it can really <laughs> limit participation. You know, <laughs> you just see a bunch of like, you know, the, the, the stock avatar, Zoom avatar, um, you know, nobody's saying anything and it can be really weird. But at the same time, I also discovered like the, it's certainly not the cloak of anonymity, but the, the internet distance allows people to maybe ask questions they wouldn't normally ask. So I got questions that might be deemed like a stupid question in a group room, but actually were really good. And I, I the kind had you need a great deal during of fun. a presentation. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, you right. know. Um, and and I will say that uh, at the same time, while I was doing these guild things, I have this um, specific cohort of people at the Hantool School or or going through semester one. It's a small group that I'm kind of guiding through, so I'm doing Zoom presentations for them as well, and. I, it's a lot of fun. Like the, the level of interactivity that I was hoping for when I launched the hand tool school, knowing full well that that's hard to scale. Um, when you talk about a membership program, it's it, I don't know whether it took a pandemic for people to get more kind of accepting of like the online learning format, mm -hmm. but 
Yeah, I, I got to say, it's just, it's been, you know, I've been essentially teaching on the internet for more than 10 years. I don't know what it is now. Handle school is 12 years old. So, but uh, just the last year has been a great deal of fun. I'm really glad it's over. Um, so anybody who's <laughs> listening to this who happens to be like, uh, you know, in charge of speakers for a guild and is thinking, oh, we should book Shannon. Uh, nope. Give me a call, but just wait six months before you do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Need so, a little yeah. break. Yeah. And at the same time, now that I'm done with that, I can actually like go back. My shop time is mine again, which is kind of nice. So that's cool, man. Yay for that. Well, good on you. Uh, those clubs are awesome. I wish I had more time to like either be involved in one or do presentations for them, but it's, it's a lot of work, a lot of time, but I'm so glad that they're still out there. Yeah. It's, it's an either or like, I mean, certainly I, I went to a bit of an extreme, but, um, just a bit, you know, a bit of an extreme. <laughs> just, just a bit. Just, <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think people but, understand you know, when how much of an extreme that is. It's yeah, like you got something to prove. What's going on over there? <laughs> <laughs> I'm important. Damn it. <laughs> I may not make any ad sense so, money, but it's <laughs> a weird flex, Shannon. It's <laughs> uh, great. Wow. Okay. Well, cool. Awesome stuff. Um, so we actually have a kickback here from our good buddy, Diami. Haven't heard from him in a long time. Uh, here's a uh, voicemail that you can barely make out because it's in his car. Gentlemen, this is Diami. I think you guys know who I am. Uh, I just heard episode 513 because I'm right on the pulse of podcast releases these days. And you start with a diatribe about naming people Junior, the third, the fourth, etc. Thought it would be a short but relevant story that my name is Diami because I am not the third, but I have the same initials as my dad. And on a different branch of the family, which is really what he was reacting to when I was named, they're up to the sixth. They were at the third at the time I was born. So if you don't stop early, it just goes and goes and goes. Now, that's enough talk about naming. Please get back to naming. Okay, that's uh, that's good info. Gotta, gotta but at the same time, doesn't Diami the sixth? Diami the sixth sounds like some sort of conqueror. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if your name <laughs> or, is Diami, boss. If you've a, got in a, in a video game, yeah, you, know? you got a cool name like that. I mean, lean into it at that point. Yeah, Diami six. Yeah, nobody could nobody's also be scared like of uh, Mark the fifth. <laughs> yeah, doesn't have Steve the same the ring third. to it. <laughs> Kenny the fourth. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Uh, so we got a comment here from on Andrew with an O that's unique. Speaking of uh, unique names. All right. So Andrew says YouTube is free advertising. Uh, while I was listening to the don't listen to Shannon episode 519, you began talking about how social media is great for sharing your product, but isn't necessarily good at selling the product. Well, look, he, he didn't even take our advice. The, the episode title was don't listen to Shannon <laughs> and he listened to Shannon. What's going on there? Okay, so he says, I humbly have to strongly disagree. I build model railroad tables for a living, and during the pandemic, I started posting to YouTube. Uh, his channel is MR Benchwork, if you want to look that up, as a way to share my knowledge, uh, creativity, and to stay connected with the world. What I didn't realize is what I would do or what it would do to my business. While I only made $400 last year from YouTube revenue, I made over $30,000 in business sales directly attributed to YouTube. My point is not everything is always black and white. Sometimes there are knock-on effects that make social platforms worth it, even if it's not directly attributable. Okay, well, that's a good good viewpoint there. I mean, I don't, I don't think we... Re I know there were points where 
we kind of presented it as black and white, but I do think we also brought uh, Philip Morley in there to kind of show that it may not be as clear as that. Um, but I do have to say, wouldn't you guys call that the exception that proves the rule? Um, you know, like it's not something that's going to happen. I, I need to, I need to listen to what we said again. Did we actually yeah. say that? Well, first of all, I kind of don't think YouTube is social media and that's just me. When you say social media, I think Twitter, TikTok, yeah. Instagram, it's less disposable, YouTube, I think on YouTube. Yeah. I mean, YouTube is absolutely a great selling tool. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is, it's, it's pure content gold. I think the key, and I thought we made this point, maybe we didn't, but I think the key, it doesn't matter what the tactic is or what the channel is, you have to find the right audience. And I think the point we were making is guys like the Wiener Woodworker thing who are, you know, posting pictures of, of cutting boards and such and, and are posting how-to type stuff, but trying to sell their woodworking products, they're not their customer is not a woodworker, you know, yeah. um, their customer is, is, you know, somebody who buys a cutting board, yeah. you know, uh, I think at so, least initially in discussion, I did re-listen to it. We kind of were a little more on the black and white side of saying like, these are two separate silos of things. But I think uh, as the conversation okay. went on, we, you know, obviously like allowed for the possibility that some people will have success doing something like this. But, um, I do think it's gotta be difficult. You know, it's, you, it's a lightning in a yeah, bottle situation, true. I think, I mean, for a lot of people. A lot of white noise. Yeah, yeah uh, that's that's the tricky part. But anyway, you know, it's always good to hear a success story in a different perspective. So again, go check uh, go check him out. MR Benchwork. That's pretty cool. That's cool. Okay, so spring-loaded clamps. You guys got a few of these, right? They're, they're snappy. Yeah. Pretty they snappy. Snappy. Uh, careful. Careful there. Don't snap them too hard with your finger. I read there. the warning. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. so Rockler is excited to announce the launch of their new spring-loaded one-handed bar clamp. Just squeeze the trigger, and the spring mechanism closes the jaws in an instant. And I, I assure you, it truly in is an, an instant. instant. It's really fast. Uh, no repetitive pumping of the trigger, and no need to use your other hand to close the jaw. Fast and efficient, the patented one-handed action leaves your other hand completely free to position parts or hold them in place. Pull the trigger to close, squeeze the clamp, and you're done. You'll never experience a faster, more versatile clamp. Find us clamp at all Rockler stores or at rockler.com. And uh, like I said, we did get a hold of some of these and they're pretty damn awesome. I mean, that is one thing with every um, quick clamp that I've used. You never get it to the right opening. You just open it bigger than it needs to be. And you either have to do the two handed thing of, you know, pushing it and advancing it quickly, or you just squeeze that trigger like 30 um, times um, 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 <laughs> until it makes its connection. It's um, it's one of those is, things where it's like, why isn't this how it's always been? Yeah. It's like one of like, oh, this is so obvious. Like, come on. Really? It's pretty sweet. Now so, I can never use another quick clamp again. I'm curious if you guys did the same thing I did. When I first got it, I'm used to regular quick clamps where like the, the portion that has the trigger slides along a bar and I couldn't figure out how to open it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Because Absolutely. I, right? I was like, I was mine's broken. Mine's broken. <laughs> I saw broken. the same thing. So I went to the second one that I got and I'm like, what the hell? This thing is broken. I can't believe this is not working. What is going on? And then I realized than you. It's, it's hidden inside that uh, thing. It, yeah. it, it doesn't yeah, slide it, along the bar. <laughs> I, it probably wasn't as long as I thought, but I'm embarrassed to say it was probably five minutes yeah. of just like same here. messing with it. Like, this is what happens when you were like, such an idiot. Someone uh, turns a format on its head. You're used to it working one way 
and this very obvious new solution, it was just not that obvious when your, your habits are, are something else. So, yeah, yeah, I think I went through three or four of them. <laughs> like, none of these open. These are all broken. Oh, well, I'm so glad to hear you say that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Uh, me too. I'm glad I'm not alone. I, just, I did feel like a moron for a minute there. It's pretty cool. Uh, you guys have to check these out. Uh, I, I will have some videos, um, uh, social media stuff that I'm doing uh, for them with the spring loaded clamps. So I'm excited to put them to use. They're pretty cool. Yeah. In fact, in my last guild presentation, you know, it's always fun when you're like talking about a technique and the questions you get are always about the tool. Like nobody cares about the technique you just showed. What's mm -hmm. that chisel in your hand? I got like three of them. What's that clamp? That's a cool clamp. Yeah. Like, ah, go Rockler. Right. Yeah. Oh, by the way, if you guys, another little bit of trivia, if you didn't know, you don't have to slam it down. You can actually lightly press the trigger and it will close slower. No, that's no fun. <laughs> well, that's, that's, I mean, <laughs> I was using it and completely depressing the uh, trigger thing. It was like snap, snap, snap. But yeah, you can, you can go slow if you don't squeeze completely, which is kind of cool. Yeah. You, you actually, if you squeeze it all the way, you can sometimes get a bit of bounce back. So yeah. you end up having to pump it closed anyway. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's get to our questions. Got some good ones here. Got one from Mike. He says, uh, I was wondering what kind of joinery you would recommend. Hey, this is a good question for you, uh, Matt. Are you, are you doing face frame cabinets? I am. All right. Maybe you should answer this. I was wondering what kind of joinery you would recommend for attaching a face frame to a plywood bookcase. Uh, because this isn't a kitchen cabinet, I don't want to use pocket screws. The sides will be visible, and I'm not sure I should use brads since they will be stained and not painted. I mean, because who's going to paint kitchen cabinets like a moron? Um, <laughs> Get out of here. Or, or bookcases <laughs> for that matter. Uh, what <laughs> options would you recommend for gluing these components together on something that uh, I'd like to be fine furniture? Okay. So this is actually something I haven't done a ton of. I mean, uh, typically it, people who do this for a living, people who actually make cabinetry, they've got their little tricks of the trade. Um, a lot of times it can just be brad nails and they fill them. And from a distance, you don't see anything. It's fine. Um, but if you're really getting picky about it, just going to recommend a couple of things that occur to me that would be possible for this. Um, you could run a spline down the length and then a spline on the face frame and connect them that way. I even saw Norm one time used his biscuit joiner and not just like uh, a couple biscuits here and there. He ran the biscuit joiner all the way down to create a spline uh, in effect, which was uh, kind of a cool way to do it. And I guess if you do it on the <laughs> vertical, maybe you've got some positioning options too. You can kind of slide. A slot cutter and a router and be done with it. Like, yeah, that's what. I, well, look, it's, it's the New Yankee workshop. He's you know what they were probably selling that episode? Biscuit joiners. Biscuit joiners. Yeah, <laughs> he's having a good time. <laughs> a, a lamello. <laughs> a, a lamello, which all people who Is were watching PBS at lamello? the time, yeah, they could all afford a lamello, <laughs> as we all know. Uh, so, yeah, there's that. I don't know that I would go to the, I mean, you could use dowels if you got a reliable dowel jig and put a little stubby dowel in there. Just, I, I think really, ultimately, you could just go with glue. You put enough glue, you put some good uh, Rockler quick clamps on there, you're going to be uh, you're going to be fine with glue. But I do think the instinct to reinforce it is probably a, a good one. I, I would do that as well. Um, how about if your face frame just I mean, this might be a little bit more tricky to line up, but you could always run a groove, you know, or a dado and groove to actually have this thing maybe drop about an eighth of an inch onto the the cabinet itself that that seems like a way that would be very good to do it but might actually be a lot of work uh to pull that off but i think supplemental joinery something like the domino 
biscuits, I think those are probably the low hanging fruit when it comes to how you get these things positioned just how you want them and get some, you know, oodles of glue. And I think you're going to be fine with that. I can tell you the cabinet shop that, that we own, um, they use integral splines because they find that it actually adds an element of rigidity to the front of the case Mm -hmm. because you're, I mean, you've got a, uh, either a bridle or a mortise and tenon built frame. And then having that, uh, continuous spline that runs from top to bottom and side to side it really locks the whole thing in it also allows for flush edge face frames yeah which is uh kind of it, it's kind of like you know ooh, are those doors dro- are those drawers dovetailed Ooh, that's high quality like flush front flush fit face frames hard to say it's is the same thing <laughs> that's like a mark of quality mm-hmm. the 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 lower in cabinet um kitchen cabinets tend to be they use a lot of uh filler strips, you know, because they're using, uh, off the shelf boxes, yeah. you know, the true custom cabinet that is designed to actually fit the space has that flush fit. And, and it's, yeah, like Matt said with a slot cutter, uh, it's super easy to do, but it also, from a glue up perspective, it adds a lot of rigidity to the front of that case. You know, I'm thinking if we're going flush on the outsides, you could just rabbit the entire perimeter of the face frame and drop it in. Right. No you reason could. you can't do that. I suppose. <laughs> is that it's not, not trying a to think good of idea, reason. Shannon? Does that not meet your approval? Your gears are turning, <laughs> trying to think of reason. <laughs> it's like, well, I guess. I mean, if you, well, want, I mean, it, you want to be an idiot, fine. Well, but you need you don't have that structure that I'm talking about. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Think. It would provide a decent amount of structure. You get a nice tight fit on the inside of the rabbit. Nah, inside of the case. Wrong. I mean, maybe not, not as good, but it's fine. All right, Shannon, why don't you go so I can get on your answer? Whoops, that just clashed. <laughs> Whoops. Let me make a note of that. Uh, <laughs> that was classic. Oh, yeah. oh, oh man. Whoops. Making a note for Is Nick here. Is that a show title, too? <laughs> poop, poop. By the way, Shannon's Matt. answers. <laughs> If you, if, if you want to learn to make kitchen cabinets, Matt, feel free to come out and visit and I'll just drop you off at the cabinet shop and you can spend a day up there. You'll learn That's, a lot. It's fun. I did, get here, lost. There's, there's like merit the to that. Rocking. I think I, when I do a cabinet, just a basic cabinet, if I were doing a kitchen, I would overcomplicate the crap out of it. And, and I think oh, yeah. that the people who do this for a living, there is some great stuff that even if you don't do everything, you could really learn some tricks that would make your life a whole lot easier. I think one of the yeah. biggest things with the cabinet stuff is like the things that I'm used to making are completely freestanding and have to exist on their own. Yeah. With the cabinets, yeah. like it's attached to the house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's like, tricks. There's tricks to make like, that. Look it doesn't good. need to be that crazy. Right. Like as I would want it to be because it's ridiculous. Yeah. It doesn't need right. to be like overbuilt. Go ahead, Shannon. Right. I'm locked and loaded. <laughs> All right. This is from Scott. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, he says, I'm very much a hobbyist woodworker, would like to know more about buying lumber by the board foot, specifically how to know if I found a good deal. Early on, I would buy solely from Home Depot, but then I discovered Rockler. Go Rockler. When I discovered Rockler's hardwood section, I was amazed by the selection, but confused by the pricing. Mm. Um, after all, I was used to simple Home Depot method of these boards are X price, those boards are Y price, and so on. Um, I've slowly started to understand the concept of board foot pricing, but don't buy hardwoods enough to be an expert. 
Uh, I'm also unable to find many local lumber yards near me to compare prices. And I found many slabs of typical types on Craigslist and Facebook, but I don't want to be blindsided by a price that is unfair. So what is the best or easiest method to know current hardwood pricing and how to use that to judge if I'm overpaying for lumber? Um, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that there is a universal resource for current hardwood pricing. I mean, there are hardwood buying guides. In fact, that's actually the title of it, the hardwood buying guide. Mm. But these are for the um, wholesale market, like buying by the truckload type things, um, more of like stock pricing. Like when we, we've talked about, you know, the, the commodities, the, the lumber prices have soared during COVID, that kind of commodity pricing doesn't really apply, first of all, when you start talking about hardwoods. Second of all, there are so many variables when it comes to hardwoods. So you can go to a place and see cherry for, you know, $3 a board foot. You can go in another place and see cherry for $6 a board foot. And you think, well, why is this guy twice as much? And a lot of times it's because the guy who's charging $6 a board foot has actually dried it. You know, the other guy, <laughs> you know, it was kiln dried, but it was only kiln dried to 20%. Um, there, there's so many variables that go into what the actual price is. The reason you go to Rockler and Rockler or, or the other Rockler tend to be a little bit more expensive is because there's more dressing. A lot of times there's, there's S2Sing going on. There's, there's additional people in the supply chain that they bought it from. So first the of all, heated. yeah, yeah. There's, lights, there's lights in there, <laughs> you know, and overhead nice to the actual shop nice too, when there, you walk through the door. <laughs> Well, and, and the fact that Rockler is buying more about selection, they want 20 different species. So they're not buying 20,000 board feet of 20 different species. They're buying like 100 board feet of each species and putting it on the rack in the back. Well, that actually costs quite a bit more to buy that way. So then they have to add more onto the sticker. But th the other thing is later in his question, when he talks about, I haven't been able to find many local lumber yards near me. Well, that's the first part. Like, don't worry so much about the pricing. Find places you can actually buy it from. And if you only have one, uh, <laughs> you might want to pay what he's asking because that's the only other option. Certainly, you can buy stuff online. But I start to see a lot of people who say, all right, well, this guy has it for $2 a board foot. This guy that's six hours away from me has it for a dollar board foot cheaper. So I'm going to go to him. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. How much did you just spend in gas and time to drive to the guy and pick up that lumber to save because the price is cheaper? So there, there is an aspect of if you only have a couple lumber yards, then the price comparison thing becomes a little bit easier. You know, find wherever you can get it locally, look at their pricing. And if there's a dramatic difference from one to another, start asking some questions about, you know, why is your cherry, you know, just stick with cherry. Why is the cherry you know, X dollars a board foot. What, what am I getting? Um, is it in the rough? Has it been dressed? What's the kiln dry? You know, all of that stuff that goes into affect it. Also, does this price change if I buy more? Um, you know, does this price change? What grade am I buying at this price? And that's the other thing you'll discover this guy who's charging $6 a board foot may actually have true FAS cherry. And the guy that's charging four, it's FAF ish you know it's like 30 percent fas and 70 percent number one common in that in that stack so therefore the overall price is a little bit lower um just because of the rolling average there there's just so many variables that when you start trying to to figure out what's a good deal you're going to end up with more questions than answers um i know there's a lot of people who are afraid of kind of getting ripped off um 
I think where the other thing to look at is if you're looking at slabs, slabs are not buying by the board foot. Slabs are a unique entity. Slabs are also popular. Um, so they tend to be priced more like figured lumber. You know, you can't break down the board foot price on a slab, just like you can't break down the board foot price on curly cherry. It's never going to work out. You know, you're going to figure out that fiddleback cherry is $12 a board foot. And you're like, well, this cherry is $3 a board foot. Why is it so much more expensive? Just because it's the unique factor of it changes that dramatically. So first thing I would do, Scott, is identify from whom you can buy. Um, that's the first thing, you know, it, it, he's in the Wisconsin area. So, you know, if there's only one lumber yard, well, that, that may, you may have to accept the pricing that he has um, because there's not another alternative. So and then that's go all do I have to a, say a, on that. Go do a strongly worded Yelp review and let people know that it's too expensive. Yeah. I do think, I mean, there's always going to be exceptions to the rule, but across the industry, and, and, and when I talk to retail lumber yards every week, across the industry, the margins are not high. So it is rare that you're getting ripped off. If his, this guy's price is substantially higher than the other guy's price, it's probably not an apples to apples comparison. There's mm -hmm. probably something else in his supply chain that's making him charge 50% more. And you can just go to him and say, look, your cherry is 50% more expensive than this guy. Why is that? And they're going to probably have a good reason. Um, or they may have a reason why the other guy is cheaper. And, and that's give you the middle finger into, until you get out. Yeah, right. Well, there's that too. <laughs> um, go to the other guy if you like my price. <laughs> yeah, that may be that as well. But I do think if you, if you peel back the onion a little bit, you'll find there's some stuff. I actually have a blog post over on the McIlvain blog that talks about all those variables and I think just off the top of my head, I came up with like 18 different things that can affect the price of hardwood lumber. Uh, it's, yeah. it's nuts. And actually, I think I came up with three or four more and I was like, I'm not even going to extend that list anymore. It's a and, lot. And one of the things I learned early on is to not ask online. So when people <laughs> yes. do, like people will come into the guild group and say, I'm, I'm building a workbench. I'm looking for this particular wood. What's what kind of board foot pricing you guys get or, or they'll ask me directly um, for this project, what would you estimate the wood cost? And I'm like, it's going to be somewhere between a hundred dollars and $2,000. Like right. there's yeah. the ballpark because regionally, uh, not, not just, um, you know, within a region you have different pricing, but from one region to another, it's incredibly different. And the people who get great pricing, cause they've got some local sawmill in Missouri and they get white Oak for like $3 a board foot or $2 a board foot. That's just going to frustrate you if you live in Southern <laughs> California. <laughs> you know, like I guarantee you it's not kiln dried. And if it is kiln dried, oh crap, it might be rushed kiln dried. Yeah. I just, yeah. Every time I see $2 a board foot for hardwood, I'm like, uh, really want to know what's been done to that wood. Yeah. Yeah. It's because that, that, that is below market value. Like when I look at the hardwood buying guide, the, the market value for white oak right now is $4 a board foot. That's, averaged across the entire nation across every sawmill that the hardwood buying guide goes and essentially pulls every single one of these sawmills mm -hmm. and they average it out that's the the national average for it so yeah i mean and 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 i would hesitate looking at that as well i mean yeah. i get it at the office because i work for a lumber yard um it's a subscription it's like it's our it's our lumber magazine that we get you know it's like getting getting the, the woodworking magazine. We all get excited. Sounds riveting. But yeah, it's truly riveting. You guys There's fight no over it when it comes all. in? Who gets to read <laughs> yep. it first? Yep, it's in newsprint <laughs> format. It's 
It's fabulous. It's fabulous stuff. I love it. That's great. <laughs> All right, Matt. I think you're up. You like his answer enough? It's fine. <laughs> All right. It's fine. It's all right. I'll it. <laughs> I got nothing to say. <laughs> oh, man. So this one is from Kevin. Uh, Kevin is transitioning from a hobbyist to selling uh, his projects for money. Should I get insurance to protect me? If so, what type? So I picked this question up because I, I know what I'm talking about, but because I think it's a decent thing to kind of bring up and maybe talk about a little bit. I, I think there's... I know for sure there are like actual insurance people in the audience, so please feel free to write in with a better answer than what I'm about to give. <laughs> uh, okay. Corrections uh, is what you mean. Yeah. Corrections is good. So I think the first piece of advice is you should probably talk to your insurance agent and hey. kind of go with that. One thing I'm sure people are going to say, is like, oh, if you tell them you're doing this thing, it's going to change some stuff. If something happens and they find you're doing that stuff, they're not going to cover you anyway. That's my opinion on that. Yeah. What's the so point of having well, it if you're not going to be covered? <laughs> oh, I don't want to tell them what I'm doing because they might, do something that might change my policy. Oh, you know, yeah. But if something happens and your policy is not effective anymore, then what's the point of having insurance anyway? So go <laughs> right. talk to your insurance agent for one. <laughs> and you're probably going to be in this kind of like gray area, to be honest, depending on like how much volume you're doing and how much of like an actual like threat you are, I guess, mm-hmm. to the general thing. So if you're just doing some small stuff, chances are they can, you can get an umbrella policy, which will cover you under your personal protection thing. Once you start going a little bit bigger, you're probably going to want to look into actual commercial policies, which is a whole nother world in itself. And having gone through that, I can tell you it's a huge pain in the butt and it's super annoying, but that's for a content creator person that also sells things. And that's not a very common business. So I had a very not fun time getting a commercial policy personally. Um, but again, talk to your agent. And it might be, this might end up being outside of what they can cover you under your homeowner's policy. Kind of go from there. I would hope this has gotten better because I know when we first started to have to take this business seriously, uh, which meant getting insurance, trying to explain, (laughs) this goes back into the early days of podcasting to explain what a podcast was, um, (laughs) trying to explain to, you know, this insurance agent just so that he can convey this information to the various different companies and shop it around to find a company that would understand what are they actually insuring? So that I'm not just like blowing money on something they're not going to cover. Not any better. It's okay. good. good to <laughs> just, hear. Just so you know, it's not, yeah. it's not any better. It's horrible. It's, uh. it's the most annoying thing I've ever done in my life. And then like, like, the, oh, here's all this paperwork for you to fill out. Yeah. Okay, cool. Here's your paperwork back. Oh, never mind. We can't underwrite this. Well, what the hell? <laughs> Why did I, I do this for it? <laughs> well, the funny thing is, I don't know about you, but when I was finally done and I had a policy, I was still not totally confident that I would be covered in the event. Oh, I'm still of a there. I'm a hundred percent there. Still. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know what right. this is actually going to cover. And you know how insurance actually, companies are. They're going to find a loophole if there is one. So yeah. I don't feel particularly confident in like, cause things overlap for me, obviously. Cause I got like my business in my home. Yeah. But I also have the commercial policy. But like my homeowners covers how much of it and my commercial policy covers what part of the other home stuff. Yeah. My commercial stuff covers my stuff at my commercial space, obviously, but some of my business is here too. But yeah, whatever. And then I got separate policies for the equipment. Like I have a insurance policy for my telehandler, like, like dumb stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's a lot. And you wonder like, if you're actually gonna start taking business seriously, you have to, have to like 
oh, why are you going to make money like doing stuff? Because uh, you got overhead, like real overhead once you get things real. Oh, you got thousands of dollars in insurance premiums every year. You got to make a profit somewhere to cover those premiums. Mm-hmm. Come on, guys. Take it seriously. Yeah. Well, I think the, the, the tricky part, though, is where Kevin is his name, uh, where Kevin might be here. When you just start that transition, it's, oh, it's, you're not making yeah. a lot of money and it makes it really hard to spend a few a few grand on a simple policy uh, when you're really not that far into the black Which <laughs> at that the, point, and, right? And at that point, depending on what your agent will tell you, it might not be a big deal. It might just be part of your homeowner's policy. Right. You're yeah. like, yeah, whatever. It's not that much of a deal. The biggest thing for them is going to be uh, foot traffic. So if you're a hobbyist selling your projects, you don't have clients come to your house. You don't have people come and look at stuff at your house. Mm-hmm. Then it's much less of an issue for them. Yeah. Because then there's no like, oh, someone got hurt. Yeah. Problems. We found the same right. exact thing. The fact that we don't have people who are buying our quote unquote products are not actually coming to this location. It makes a big difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's actually one area where I have discovered that it's gotten easier um, because I, I finally just ended up getting insured as a school. Um and then it became the whole issue of, well, I don't physically have people in, in my shop. Um, so that has become easier because virtual schooling is now much more common. Oh, so they um, recognize this is that. Well oh, that's before, nice to hear. Because well, I, this is well before pandemic. This is the homeschool people okay. um, that have made this common, if you will. So, yeah. Um, and, it, you know, it's one of the reasons it's very helpful that school is in the name of my company as mm-hmm. well. Um but yeah, I, I tried all the other stuff, um, content creation. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It was the same story. Like you do what now? <laughs> yeah. Yikes. So you don't have a job. No, I do have a job, but you don't make any money. No, I, I no, do. Well, I make how money. do you make money? Here's the profit <laughs> loss. Like you asked for. Yeah. And all the other people. I have to believe though. Here's I mean, the breakdown YouTube, of all the things. YouTube has become an at least acceptable career. I mean, people know what that means. I think it's acceptable. Um, I think it's just uncommon still. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Uh, There's probably even um, companies out there that serve that specifically, like that's their bread and butter. Like when I was looking for a lawyer, um, it was so much easier to find a lawyer that specifically caters to content creators. Like that's what they specialize in. People who have online personas, they know exactly what you're talking about. It made it a whole lot easier. I would bet there's there's got to be some either branch of an existing insurance company that focuses on that specifically and charges you a whole lot more <laughs> for the privilege. Yeah, yeah well, absolutely. If, if they make it easier for me, I'll spend a lot more. <laughs> yeah, just to just so that I have confidence that you know what the heck just, I'm so talking I have about. Some confidence and I have less kind of BS stuff yeah, to do. Totally. It's like this, the forms they give me, they're like, this is for like a large company that has lots of employees and lots of things going on, like makes things. Like I don't do any of this stuff. Right. Yeah, so Matt, like, Matt, Matt you have some of the, you have like half the, the equipment that we have at the lumber yard. So <laughs> why don't I just put you in touch with our insurance guy? Well, Cause you kind of have the same you're thing. You're getting now. close. And that's the weird thing too. Cause it's like, well, you have all the stuff we do with it. It doesn't really account for much of your revenue. I know that. Thank you. Yes. Okay. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> you know, I would be really curious nope. to hear from the insurance people in the audience. If Mark's right, there's gotta be like a niche company or a department within these larger companies. And if not insurance people listening to this right now, get on that because you're right. You could easily charge a premium for that. Yeah. And most of the influencers and YouTuber people would like Matt said, absolutely pay for that premium 
to know that you're covered because you never quite know. It's like, you know, the insurance companies are often vilified with the fact that, you know, they will do anything they can to not pay out. And I kind of feel like I'm just waiting for some disaster to happen to discover that my coverage isn't actually as good as I thought it was. That's how it works though, right? You don't know if you have yeah. the right coverage until you need it. And that's real that would crappy. Be, that would be a really nice niche for somebody to fill. Somebody has to have done that already. Well, we'll find out. Let us know. Cause we actually. Also, I really like Matt's wording, Matt's wording about how much of a threat you are. I love thinking of the fact that when we build <laughs> furniture, we're, we're actually posing a threat. I think that's great. <laughs> Good verbiage. Depending on how much furniture you build, you're more or less a threat to society. I love that. That's something to think about too, is like, do you want, what are you trying to protect with this insurance? Are you trying to protect your assets? Are you trying to like protect potential liability of like, oh, I I built something for someone and they hurt themselves using it. That's the product liability policy. It's different Mm -hmm. than like, how do I protect my stuff in the event of a fire or something? Yeah. Different types of policies. And you've had more than one policy at that point. If you get to that if you had that point of like, I'm yeah. making enough things, you have separate policies for all these different things you're doing. Right. Ask me stuff. how I know. Insurance. Insurance <laughs> is so fun. That's not. It's, it's not. Well, very good. I if think someone can make it fun. What's that? You would have a, if someone can make it fun, you'd have a heck of a business. <laughs> you can make it fun by making it cheaper and actually work. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go figure. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us, guys. Um, Family owned since 1954, Rockler is your go-to source for high quality and innovative woodworking tools, finishing supplies, hardware, lumber, and expert advice. Whether you're building a simple bookshelf, a custom desk, or new kitchen cabinets, new kitchen cabinets, you go to Rockler, get your stuff. Oh, it's literally in there, huh? Yeah. Rockler has everything you need to make (laughs) your next project a success. Visit rockler.com for a store near you, or you can use the code WOODTALK. Uh, that's online if you're on the website to receive free shipping on most orders over $39. And remember to head to rockler.com slash woodtalk to enter for your chance to win a $250 gift card. Woohoo! Woo! Yeah. Cash money, baby. Yeah. That's awesome. Trying to figure out what image I have to use in the show notes this this week. I usually put up an image of the product they're giving away. They I'm sure they have like um, graphics for their gift cards. Just do that. Yeah. Do that. I want to see somebody go into the Rockler store and use the code WoodTalk to get free shipping on their <laughs> from the cash register like, to the no car. There's no shipping. It's like, but I still want to use the code. Can I just use WoodTalk? WoodTalk. It's, it's like it told it's me like to a say WoodTalk. Handshake. <laughs> just say WoodTalk, yeah. and you will be escorted to the door. That's good. All right, folks. Well, thank you for your questions this week. Some interesting questions. I gotta say, the inbox is filled with some really good questions. I struggled this week to to find. Um, I had many choices. So mm-hmm. thank you for everybody sending in those questions. Keep doing that. Send those questions to, uh, over at the woodtalkshow.com website. You can fill out a form there or you can just email us at woodtalkshow at gmail.com. Keep them coming. Good questions. Some good stupid questions too. We like those too. Those are the best. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye. With our ears. Yes. Both of them. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.